Hi everyone, welcome to HafaCast. My name is Rafael Morin, and every episode here is an interview, and we talk about design, development, work-life balance, expat life, mental health, history, and other cool stuff. Welcome. Hi everyone, super excited here to have Abnizer here with me. He's a Spotify engineer, and we started the same day in Spotify. Same area, uh, PZN, uh, and I'm very happy to have you here, man. What's up? Happy to be here. Man, how is... The thing is, like, I met this guy here when I moved to Stockholm. <laughs> but you already lived here before. Like, you didn't come to work, like, to Spotify and, like, move it to Sweden. No, no, that's true. Um, I moved here... The first time around in 2015, I was still in university and I wanted to basically, I, I wanted to like work in the music industry and work with tech. And I did a quick Google search. I, you know, I was finishing my degree and I was like, where is this happening? You know, wh where in the world are people doing music tech? And of course, it was a lot of hits for the US, but um, Sweden was, you know, one of the top countries that was doing music tech. Which was, at that time, you know, Sweden had 8 million people. And it made no sense to me because it was like, how is this country with only 8 million people producing, first of all, this much tech, and second of all, this much music, and third of all, this much music tech? So I was super inspired. Me and my boy Rami, we were going to the university at the same time, and we both just decided, like, we just got to go there. You know, we got to go there and see what's up because we knew we were going to be inspired. And that's where it all started, August 2015, flew over here, and, you know, since then it's just been a journey. Dude, but you're Canadian. This is true. Canadian, half Ethiopian? Um, I'm born in Ethiopia. Oh, and, yeah. And I actually, but I grew up in Canada. I grew up most of my life in Canada, so um, it's uh, it's best of both worlds for me. I mean, By the way, Ethiopian food is the best, man. I need to yo, say this publicly. Like, this was... guy knows. <laughs> This guy knows. I made friends here. They took me for the Ethiopian restaurant. Yeah. And it was like, blow my mind. Yo, that's dope. I mean, it's spicy, right? Yeah. Like, you, first of all, it's a barrier of entry. Like, you got to appreciate spicy food. <laughs> and then it's like, once you appreciate spicy food, then you can really, like, you can really dig it. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I I'm happy you it. like it. I'm happy you like it. And the thing is, they're most like, is like, you can eat with the, the hands. Yep. Uh, it's like... It's dope, man. If you're like me and you hate doing dishes, it's like one of the best ways to eat food. You know what I mean? It's true. Like, before I bought a, uh, a dishwasher, I was like, bro, I was so traumatized with doing dishes. <laughs> I'd be, <laughs> yo, you don't even know. I was like, I'd be using the same fork for like the, the, the cooking and for the eating because I was like, I'm not going to wash When you're a family, you, you, you eat without the... Yeah, back home in Canada, yeah. So my family, they cook Ethiopian food once in a while. Uh, and when we do make Ethiopian food, we always eat by hand. Dude, yeah. that's dope. And you guys don't care about the, the like the dirt dishes and stuff. Nah, man. That's that's just the way we do it. And uh, How'd you find the uh, the bread? It's called injera. Yeah. Some people think it's like super sour. How'd you find it? Did you think it was I like sour? It. I like, like it. it. I like it. And the thing is, it looks like a brazilian bread that i got like uh, okay yeah it's like it's crazy because in sao paulo one of the states in in brazil yeah 
we do have like a lot of like bakeries then like uh, they produce different types of bread yeah and one of the breads look the flavor look like very similar to that one like that yeah. i got there okay and now people are like no this is different like you should be careful and, okay, okay and i was like dude yeah. this is dope actually i really like it that's really cool is that there is it also like a really soft bread yeah you, it is yeah you gotta you gotta put me on that you gotta show me, you gotta show me <laughs> yeah, once we go to brazil bro, yeah, like you right. can just you know just travel to this and like yeah i mean i love it at when the food came i thought that was brazilian food not gonna lie <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, like, was missing the rice and of the beans, that is course. very Brazilian. Right, right. But beyond that, yeah, I was like, dude, this is life. I always That's gotta different. get Ethiopian food now. The thing that people don't, like, a lot of people don't know much about Ethiopian food. I know that, like, in recent years, you know, the grain that this injera is made yeah. from, it's called tef. And it became really popular. I think amongst especially like the gluten-free community. Yeah. Because it was a grain that was gluten-free. Yeah. And so people were, you know, started selling it at supermarkets and stuff like that. That's when I first saw in, in you know, like mainstream grocery shopping experience, like Ethiopian food. But aside from that, people don't really know what we'd be eating. Um, but I think it's um, some of the best food for people that want to be vegetarian and even vegan. You yeah. Know? Like it's a... Um, you know, like they the have food a lot that, of options, so many options. Yeah. Like the food I grew up on, you know, my family, like we, we really grew up on a lot of vegetarian and vegan food because we, we never even like considered that this was vegetarian or vegan because this is just the way the food is. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of, it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot of like, um, uh, what do you call it? Like, uh, peas and, uh, um, you know, uh, a lot of things that. You basically make stew out of and it, and then it's like we you know ethiopia can be a bit of a religious country it's uh the two dominant religions are islam yeah. and, and christianity orthodox christianity and the orthodox christians they fast all the time and then they break their fast yeah and when they're fasting they don't consume any animal products at all no eggs no milk nothing you know so it's like for a lot of the time of the year, they're eating vegan. Yeah. You know, so it's like the food is designed to cater to that need. Yeah, so, that is great, man. You know, so now everybody on the wave, like people want to be vegetarian, vegan, you know, they better check out that Ethiopian food, man. Yeah. It's, it Dude. hits a spot. But the thing is, you, 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 were, you were born in Ethiopia, right? This is correct. But you came early to Canada. I was actually nine years old when I was oh, okay. Canada. So you're kind of, you're spent like nine years not in the cold. <laughs> and then ah! you went for can Canada yeah. and you're like, oh my God, this is real. Do you remember your first memories of getting course, the, the cold? Absolutely. Um, it's ironic, you know, because it's like, <laughs> if you're Canadian hearing this, it's going to be super funny because, you know, I moved from Addis, which is the capital of Ethiopia. And I moved to a city called Vancouver on the West Coast. Yeah. Vancouver is a shared opinion amongst Canadians. It's gotta be like one of the most warm and mild cities in Canada. Yeah. It's not even that cold. And, you know, for me moving from Addis, bro, that was cold. You know, like <laughs> I arrived, I'll never forget this. You know, we moved like just just after January. Yeah. And um, it was super cold. And I remember just like trying to get accustomed to the idea of snow and I'd never seen snow before. Yeah. Well, that's a lie. Like my mother, she did her master's in Norway when I was like four years old. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I saw snow when I was four years old, yeah. but I mean, I never seen snow like 
in recent, you know, in, in, in a memory that I really recall. Yeah. So I was like, you know, super tripped up about the whole thing. But um, if anything, Vancouver is just a really rainy, yeah. uh, really rainy city. So yeah. you get more rain than snow. And, it, you know, for me, it was cold. But in reality, in the, in the span of like Canadian temperatures, yeah. Vancouver is not cold. Dude. It's pretty chill, actually. Dude, don't say that to me. You're saying that for someone that came from Brazil. True. <laughs> Actually, Rio de Janeiro, because there's Brazil yeah. that, that can like deal with cold. Real hot, man. I yeah. was listening to your other podcast when you were talking about like Rio versus uh, Phoenix. Yeah. And you guys were throwing up numbers that were like, <laughs> I was like, yo, how are you people living in this? Like, these are crazy numbers. It's like uh, Stephen Curry of the. <laughs> Stephen Curry of the. Talk about Absolutely. Stephen Curry. I have to ask, like, as a Canadian, do you cheer up for the. Do you cheer for Toronto Raptors? I'll be honest with you. So when I was growing up, the first basketball jersey I ever got was Vince Carter, number 15, Toronto Raptors jersey. Yeah. After Vince left, I I just had no interest in the Toronto Raptors at all. I yeah. never had interest in them for the longest time. In fact, when they had the whole, like, we the North thing going on, you know, like all the homies back home, you know, all the guys I grew up with, everybody started getting on the wave. They were like, yo, Toronto, Toronto Raptors. I was like, whatever, you know, I yeah. didn't really care until I'm like, I'm honest about this. I said this on Twitter because, you know, I got to be honest about it until last year. Yeah. When I was like, yo, these guys can't really make it. These guys got it. You know? Yeah. And I'm not I'm not a bandwagoner. I'm not going to pretend like I'm a Toronto Raptors like number one fan, but I was impressed and I was proud of, of what they did. Yeah. Sure. I mean, come from Canada. Yeah, bro. Especially that, like, you know, that. The way they play is such a humble way, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. different. Like, the NBA is a superstar league. Yeah. And Nobody thought that they could make that far, no. actually. Even this year, they they disrespected them. Like, this just this yeah. season that just happened. They were like, ah, but, you know, Toronto. And they still were, like, a contender. Yeah. Like, they were still up there in the East. So. Yeah, they were a lot. Who they lost the game again? I, I don't remember. I think it was... That's how much I watch Raptors, bro. I don't <laughs> <laughs> we were focused on LeBron James. I was, yo, that's where I was at, man. I was yeah. watching, I was watching LeBron. I wanted to see where they that's were. That actually was, is the way that we got connected. Like, I remember we talked, and they were like, we talking. Then I was like, yo, by any chance, do you like NBA Toronto Raptors? You're like, yo, man, I love it. And then I try it. <laughs> I try to be cool. I try to say like, uh, oh, I'm not a big LeBron fan. And then you're like, I love LeBron. I was like, fuck it. I yep. love LeBron too, bro. Yep. I'm just trying to hold myself. I remember that. I remember that Slack message like it's yesterday, man. Uh, I was pretty happy. Everybody that knows me knows how much of a LeBron James rider I am. I mean, I've been on him since maybe, you know, 2004, 2005. Yeah. And then I had to like roll back and like look at his history. I looked at his like high school games, St. Mary High School in, in uh, Akron. I mean, I was so into it. And to like 17 years later, yeah, to still, still see this guy, dude, dominating this league, dude, you can't help but be inspired. You know dude. what I mean, dude? You're you're preaching for the, <laughs> you're yeah. preaching for the, the minister. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. it's like it's like how can anybody hate on this guy? Yeah. this guy is a this guy is like I mean just he's unreal, man. He's unreal. He's like yeah. If you have a, a Mount Rushmore. You put only few faces there. Absolutely. And LeBron James is there. Doesn't matter 
whatever, yeah, whoever we discuss is like can, Michael yeah, Jordan, yeah. LeBron James, and whatever you want to put. Absolutely. I mean, people can argue about who's their number one, whatever. I think that's like a personal thing. But if you talk about Mount Rushmore of basketball, if you don't have LeBron James on there, then then I don't think you understand the sport of basketball. Yeah. It's just yeah. disrespectful. What this guy's done for 17 Dude, years. The status of the guy. He's like good like in points. He's good assists. He's good like rebounds. Yeah. Yeah, he's crazy. And he's super intelligent in what he does. And I think the most under like I mean, I don't think this is underrated. I think people know, but people don't talk about it. This guy takes care of his body. Yeah. You know? Dude, he spends like one I think it's one million of dollars per a year. year. Yeah. This guy sits in these like chambers, uh, relaxing his muscles. He's got a dietitian. He's got he stretches like you know. Yeah. Lakers have the the personal team. LeBron have the, his personal. LeBron team. got his own guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. Like, the guy I forgot his name. He's always with LeBron. I don't know the guy name either. But, yeah, uh, but he, he's, he's there. He's there. He's there. And he's like, it's crazy because you see the guy like dunking like with like 35 years old. You just gotta like appreciate the fact that like. If you put that kind of dedication into your body, like you're gonna be, you're gonna be good. This yeah. guy never got injured, man. This yeah. guy was just he never missed. I mean, he he. I think that he only missed like less than five playoff games in his whole life. And he's like he's been in the playoffs so much. Yeah, he, I mean, he played almost every year. It's a, it's almost embarrassing. It's like he did. I mean, like I stopped caring about the regular yeah. season because he didn't care about the regular yeah, season. Exactly. He's like it's like playoffs that's when it mattered yeah and that's what i expected and it's like i think it's last year with the lakers for the first time he missed the playoffs because of the hamstring injury this turned into a sports podcast yeah. now which Dude. is dope i'm happy that we took it in this direction but it's like that was the first time in like 17 years i didn't yeah. watch the playoffs you know what I mean? 16 years i mean i even didn't thought that that I mean, I gotta be honest. I'm a huge LeBron fan. Like we were seeing my apartment, there was a LeBron jersey. I know that was the unique jersey. That Bro, you I, even I, got the Lakers LeBron jersey. <laughs> uh, it was the unique jersey that I came with from Brazil. And the thing is, dude, I always for the guy like I root LeBron like to the death. Like it's my is my guy. Yeah. But the thing is, I, when he told like last year that he was like Lakers nation, like I. I promise yeah. that I'm gonna make it. You guys are not going to suffer longer. No, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. because you saw the last season. Yeah, they it suck. was a drought, bro. They yeah. were trash for so long. People don't understand how trash they were. And that's <laughs> the thing that I don't understand why LeBron didn't get the MVP. Yeah, like, he changed one franchise yeah, from like the past 10 years. Yeah, and put with a ring. You see guys uh, yeah. like Jared Dudley. Jared <laughs> yeah, Dudley, man. Dudley out of here flexing. <laughs> <laughs> Getting rings. He got a ring, man. Dudley's out here, bro. He's um it's 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 dope. I mean, there's not a lot of people that can take a team that went from zero yeah. playoff games yeah. to championship. Because yeah. that's what happened. They didn't even make the playoffs last year. Yeah. And this year they're champions. Exactly. And that's the LeBron effect. If you want to run an A-B test and you yeah. just want to put that one... I mean, come on. It's crazy. It's crazy, right? It is nuts. Dude, I, I mean, sometimes for me it's like, dude, how... How? Like, the expectations was like, yeah, they could make, like, the same finals, the conference finals. Yeah. But they are not going to make the NBA finals. Who's going to make is like, Clippers, like, Bucks... Everyone was like, like everybody else. I was so happy that it was the Heat and the Lakers. I yeah. mean, I also love Jimmy, uh, Butler. Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Buckets, man. That's 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 he's that's a real my one. kind of person. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like 
there's a workhorse. This guy grinds. Yeah, grinds. You know, I love that kind of stuff. So, dude, he's crazy. Him. Like yeah. he's like you watch the game. Like the guy was exhausted. Yep, and he was like playing like nothing was happening. And they played like yep two series of game seven like before. Yep, and they went to the final like exhausted. I know. Yeah, they lost a couple of players, but they still carried a heavy. I mean, it was a good. Honestly, bubble basketball is, is confusing. It's weird. This whole year, 2020, yeah. bizarre. We're recording this podcast on Friday the 13th, yeah, yeah. 2020. It's like, if yeah. this year hasn't been bad enough, this day is just confusing. Yeah, you know? so, exactly. But uh, I thought I was really proud of a lot of things this season. I mean, I was happy with the Nuggets, Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Denver, like a second home for me because I got a lot of family down there. Yeah. I used to go there a lot of summers. Um, I was there last Christmas, you know. So I'm a big fan of the city and the and the team. Obviously, we got some great Canadian talents on that team. Jamal Murray, Young Murray, <laughs> you know what I mean. So he had a, he blossomed. You yeah. Know, uh, everybody knows the Joker is fire. So it was a good basketball year. You know. Yeah. 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 I understand. Like for me, it's like I was not cheering for him. I told you, but uh, I was actually for the. Well, when they play against Clipper, against yeah. Clippers, I was the whole way Denver. I was like Denver, let's go, baby. Yeah. But when they play against Utah, yeah. I was like with my boy. I remember. I remember, I remember, man, Young Mitchell. I remember that. I mean, that was good, but that was so good to watch those yeah. two guys go off. Uh, it's good. I mean, it reminds me of like, you know, just like like the league like back in the day you know what i mean yeah it's like when you had like young talent like that like going at it yeah you know? it's like lebron and wade like yeah you know when they were changing everything up, yeah you know it's like these two guys going at it like that it's like phew. yeah they changed it the whole game like the whole series the guy was like picking the ball you Scores know what it. if you score 50 it's i score time. 60 doesn't really it. matter yeah yeah, it's crazy. It's what we need, man. It's good. I yeah. think it's good for the sport. Well, take away a little bit of the NBA, otherwise you're <laughs> going to be like the whole night here. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> like, when you came to Sweden, have you ever considered to work like for Spotify? Yeah, absolutely. Like, right when I came here, um, I did uh, this... Uh, Basically, like student, uh, like student internship program or like student test program, where I competed with a bunch of other students that were because I was still in university, competed with a bunch of other students that were from around here mostly, and we competed on you know a bunch of different cases and and I was really hoping to to win that case. I didn't, um, you know, I, I was a finalist, but I didn't win it. And through that process at Spotify, I learned about the culture. Yeah. at the company and I think that was the most significant portion of that you know trip for me because um, when I came here from Canada you know I mean I had previously been working in Canada I had worked for the government Department of National Defense I had like a as a federal federal uh, employer and I worked with I was working with you know Java 5 you know using yeah. this thing called BERT report generator and doing a lot of things that were very old and also working in a you know, in, in, a, in a constellation of people that was very archaic in the sense like waterfall project management. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, you need a new screen, you're gonna have to file a ticket and then it's gonna maybe come in a month. You yeah. Know? So when I went to Spotify during that competition, I was, my eyes were open to a whole new approach to all of this. Agile methodologies um, and just kind of like working in a much more nuanced 
product development approach. And once I saw that, and once I saw the flat structure, because yeah. you know, obviously the government is hierarchical. And then you have the Department of National Defense, that's that's a hierarchy. Yeah. You know? So like to go from that contrast to, to Spotify, I was like, this is a thing. So once I saw that, I was inspired. I knew I wanted to work in that kind of environment. I knew I wanted to work at a company like that. And that became my journey to uh, be be good enough to be in a place like that. So yeah, yeah. From, from I think from the get-go, from 2016, I would say I wanted to be a part of something like Spotify. And I worked at a lot of really awesome companies along the way that really gave me that same, that same, um, you know, fix. So I felt, I felt like this was a, a reality all along the way. When Spotify actually came around, I was almost like unsure if I wanted to take it because I was, I was so happy with where I was at previously. Yeah. I loved what I was doing. I loved who I was working with and, and, and all of that stuff. So it was actually a difficult decision, but uh, the role that you know that I was yeah you told to. me that you were uh, quite happy with the place that you were I was content man I was I was I was you know loving it and and when but the but the particular situation at Spotify to work in PZN I was like man I gotta if I pass up on this like I'm not gonna be happy with myself so yeah uh, yeah but what do you do now in Spotify like where's your work I mean I know but <laughs> <laughs> it's a great question. It's actually, a, like, honestly, it's really hard to summarize, in my opinion, just because it feels like it's everywhere right now. No, I need to be honest. Even I have an idea of what you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I do. <laughs> I mean, I was like, yeah, I know. Then I was like thinking for one second, do, do I really know? <laughs> <laughs> what is this guy? Does he, even, does he even really have a job? Um, no, but honestly, it's like, my team is, is, is building a new way of content distribution uh, in conjunction with another team. We're building how content's gonna be distributed in all of Spotify. It's kind of a really cool problem area, uh, but the, the content distribution is not just general content. It's not like, oh, how songs get from here to there. It's about personalized content. So it's about like, how do we take personalized content, so the stuff that matters to you, mixture with what our editors think is relevant for this region or relevant for you know this the season you know this this culture yeah how do we mix these experiences together irregardless if it's music or podcast and deliver it to all the different surfaces so home or search or browse and and get it to you in a way that's useful for you and and it's it's like a Firstly, I think it's a it's a data problem, yeah. which I think is really exciting. That's what I I mean. That's what drives me. Um, and then secondly, I think it's a interesting area between algorithm versus editorial. Yeah, you know, personalization versus curation. Yeah, and I think that like when those things collide, it's a, an area where there's a lot of uh, there's a it's it's where there's a lot of development can take place. Because I mean, right now it's like it's either machine learning or it's you know driven by people um so we're trying to figure it out and um, i don't know if, i don't even know if that answers the question no definitely I'm just deli i delivered data from answer. point a to point b yeah, it's like you gave a answer. you gave a really good answer i think like uh, <laughs> i mean that was but was a really complex answer by the way so i am thinking like oh this is like philosophically what you do yeah <laughs> i write a lot of java 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's a real like the real gra- and then sometimes I get the pleasure of writing some JavaScript, dude. And then, say and that. then we, and then we mean, cross some paths, you know. What yeah, I mean, I mean we work it like we work almost in in like we are we're relatives. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're super close. You own the platform. Yeah, and I'm just another player in the team, you know. No, not like <laughs> that, dude. I mean, every for the platform, every team's yeah. like a star. It's true. Yeah, it's actually a really nice setup. I think that platformization is is really necessary for a company like where we're at, the stage that we're at. I mean, this like plugin architecture. Uh, you know, it's the only way that you can really allow teams to be autonomous. Yeah, but also be a part of something that's like so you're not just duplicating everybody's work. Yeah, you know, I really like the way we go about it. Yeah. How no, did you really do good. it? Because yeah. for I mean, because you went into a platform team, and I'm curious to hear what you think is like from the other side. You know, how is it like to maintain a platform where everybody's dependent on you? Yeah, I mean, do you heard that about the bot that we presented uh, yesterday? I guess I was in a meeting. Okay, I wasn't actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got lost. I mean, I, I lost the time when I woke up and yeah, but I mean, it's not, it's not my thing. It happened one time, but still I had to say that I didn't need to be honest. It is. But the is. thing is the bot, like I tells when people, they are not part of our team, uh, they send PRs to yeah. the, and the thing is like this, this is started inside with, this was like idea of the Marat, the guy that works in yep. my team. Yep. And uh, he started to write the bot, and it's like super useful for a platform because you can see people interacting you with your project and see like yep. stuff that they are building, like questions that they have. Yeah. Uh, and it's super useful. And the thing is, for a platform, like everything that we do, everything that we, every meeting that we have, yep. is more contribute contributor based. Yeah. Then like ourselves, even like every discussion that we have, uh, I remember one day we were like, dude, why are we going to do this? It's super painful to do. <laughs> and the thing is, we could not do it because everyone was using the, the library. Yeah. So we had to keep with that yep. shit library and say to people, hey, do you want to update? And people are like, no, we don't want to. Can we, can we update you? No, we don't have time to help you. Yep. <laughs> yep. So it's, sometimes it's complicated, but most of the time it's fun because you're working with, like I, I have the opportunity to work with you. I have the opportunity to work yep. with like other teams. It's true. And that makes me happy. Like you see other stories, other purposes. Yeah. For example, today yeah. they show, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't need to like enter in details, but yep. they show a new app that is using the platform inside, like within, like in for like internal information and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, they show when I was like, oh my god, this is amazing, and they use it like the platform that we wrote. Yep. And this was like crazy. Like I was, I felt like so good. They were, they were actually like very happy. They they created a meeting to yep. say like, dude, like you guys made my job really easy. You and do. that was yep. like, for me, it was like dope. It was good enough like for me. It's really dope because I mean. For me, you and your team, you provide a service that I remember like in previous companies, you kind of had to do yourself. Yeah. 
things regarding like you know and nobody wants it to do no one wants to do yeah, it you know exactly and, and it's like, i know i uh, have more you know it's yeah. like and then eventually it becomes tech debt everybody's building around it and it's a mess you know so yeah. for me this is actually a gift that we have dedicated people that are building the road so we can build parts of the city you know this is this is yeah really valuable yeah exactly it's like code code infrastructure Yeah. Uh, and when they used to, I have like true friends in the Facebook, and they used to like say about the code infrastructure, like infrastructure to Facebook. Yeah. And it's basically what we do, like the like alpaca team. Yeah. And it's like they actually they have a whole area only for like write like programming <laughs> languages. Yeah. They could be useful for inside of Facebook. Yeah. And it's like for me, it's like this. Is, I don't know, I, I'm not going to say there is like another level because it's like, I feel there is more the purpose of the company. Yeah. And, but I feel there is like super good direction and Spotify does the same way. We like, have, we yeah, have we that have, too. Yeah. We have the, uh, yeah. you know, the target where, you know, what's, you know, possible to use in production, what's yeah. good to test, what's yeah. outside this is of great. And if you go for like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you go for any, any other company that I have worked in, Yeah, like I didn't have like really platform chains like no. that. Like GoDaddy was the closest one to have like something that Spotify has inside. Yeah, but it still was like few products internally that was maintained. Yeah, they were maintained. And the thing is, uh, Spotify have a lot of internal still internal yes. tool that is like super useful. It's yes. not like shit too. No, it's like really good. No, exactly. Like we even, I mean. Like even more abstract, we even have a, a internal uh, education program. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah, there's actually articles like they publish, publish external, all the yeah, time. external. Um, they go the path. And these are these are really valuable. You know, yeah. and it's like uh, when a company realizes that like to build a its own product, yeah, like exactly. it has to. You know yeah. what I mean? So to me, this is dope. And this is dope, this man. is this is the way to build quality. Yeah. And. I mean, if you really want to move up the stack and build abstractions that you can actually depend on, someone needs to yeah. be accountable for that abstraction. Abstractions don't just exist. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like like the internet is a great abstraction over like cables and like uh, you know you know HTTP is a great abstraction over like TCP. But like yeah. someone maintains that abstraction. It doesn't just exist and rot away. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like someone has to be the person that owns that platform. That other people can build on top of exactly so i think care cool. about it like have yeah. like maintaining like yeah and by the way you have like positions in spotify if you guys want to apply <laughs> 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 we're not we are not being paid to talk about spotify <clears throat> getting paid but not to talk about Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> exactly well the, the thing is uh do like this is a question but it's like Do you came to Sweden? You got used with the culture here, I suppose. After mm -hmm. live here, how long you you have lived here? I've lived here just over four years. Four years. Yeah. And do you consider yourself like uh, like good enough with the culture? Like you like it, the culture is is like something that you're using now. The the Swedish culture. The Swedish. Yeah, like uh, how I can say the way the. Uh, for example, if you go to Brazil, yeah. people are very warm I and they hug you. They're like, oh my God, my guy, Abnizer. Like it's actually a, a great question. The, Swe <laughs> the Swedish culture is 
is very um, so people think so people think Sweden and Canada are very alike and on the surface they are you know but if you stay a while yeah then you can really start to see the differences yeah you know and uh, and I think it's the same for people that from your you know a lot of people in Europe might mistake that Canada and the US are alike yeah on the surface they might seem like they're alike but if you stay a while then you can start to really see the difference and I think the long tail of the culture is so different that even after having been here, you know, to answer your question, for four years and a bit, that there are quite a few things that I I think are just hard for me, you know. Yeah. There's so much I love about the culture. Yeah. No, I understand. And, you, you don't need you know, to love everything. You know, but like there's so much that I've taken as part of myself. Yeah. This country has basically made me grow so much as a person. Yeah. But there's also some pla- like some parts where I've decided that like that's not for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm gonna like there's still who I am as a yeah. person and I'm gonna maintain that even if I'm living here. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so it's a bit of a balance between like, you know, culture is an evolving thing. Yeah. And I think even in Sweden, culture is an evolving thing. I've seen it evolve, you know, in the time that I've been here. I think it's evolving even more as time goes on because of the amount of input this country is receiving, but for me, it's always been like I want to take as much from it as I as I as I want and can. Yeah. And but at the same time, I still believe in certain things for me that I think are important. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep those, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that is all immigrant. Yeah. Have that mentality, it's like yeah, the immigrant yeah. music. Like I'm gonna say what up to my neighbors. You know what I mean? Like Swedish people do not get excited about seeing their neighbors you know? yeah yeah me bro if i see my neighbors in yeah. the staircase like i'm like yo what up dude I know. how you been i, I heard you've been drilling yeah you're preaching night. for the minister man you know what again I mean? you know what <laughs> you're saying that to brazil it's like yo i'm boys with my neighbors downstairs i'm boys with the neighbors upstairs the guy next door he's got three kids yeah i'm boys with you know neighbor. everyone you're like yo if i need sugar Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. like, it's like, yo, I borrowed the drill from the other guy across the hall. It's like, this is yeah. how it is. I want to be this way. I want to be an open, neighborly for person. Yeah. And I know that some people in this country, they they don't want to yeah. talk to their neighbors. And I respect that. It's fine, yeah. If you don't want to talk to me, I'm not going to talk to you. you yeah. Know? But if you are open to it, then we're going to be some fun, neighborly people. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, but it, in like... You made the language, like you learned the Swedish, like Swedish language. How you have done that? It's a great question. I have no idea. <laughs> I actually, <laughs> <laughs> yo, I actually don't know, man. I mean, I, um, uh, I... <laughs> man. it's like you stay somewhere. It's a hard question. Enough. Yeah, it's like you stick around. You know, you just listen to a lot of stuff and then yeah. you just throw stuff around. Eventually, you realize, like, hold on a minute. I can actually I can actually do that. At a good level. Like, I was on the phone. I called the, uh, I called the dentist the other day. And, you know, sometimes I still, like, if it's, a, if it's a context that I'm not used to, I still ask, like, I'm like, hey, is it yeah. okay to take this in English? And then usually, you know, because you know, most people speak great English in Sweden. Yeah. So usually people are like, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's all good. Like you can take it in English. But this woman was like, <laughs> she's like, no, <laughs> in Swedish, she's like, no, no, that's not going to work for me. I don't speak English. And I was like, all right. 
And then I said, like, you'll have to be patient with me. Uh, I may not know everything. Yeah. You know, I explained my situation to the dentist and she was super cool. And we made it work, you know? Yeah. But learning a language is an interesting topic because you learn as much as the context that you're in. Yeah. You know, it's difficult to ever say that you know a language fully. I mean, I'm sure because you know a lot of languages. Yeah. There's probably certain contexts that you are most comfortable in Portuguese, some context that you're most comfortable in English, some context that you're most comfortable maybe in Spanish. It's like for me, I feel the same. It's like there's some things I don't need, I don't even know what they are in English because I learned them in Swedish. Yeah. You know, I didn't know them in English. Exactly, yeah. So now I'm most comfortable talking about that thing in Swedish. Swedish, yeah. And then it's like some things that I'm most comfortable talking about in Amharic, which is like, you know, the language that uh, my family spoke in Ethiopia. Yeah. And it's some things that I speak only in English. And so it's like language is a, you know, it's it's like a Venn diagram, man. It's like there's no one big circle. It's like multiple things going on. Sometimes you might be able to have some overlap. Yeah. But there's a lot of times like you may not know the word in one language, but you know it in another language. And um, I feel that way about Swedish. So, you know, my Swedish is good at this point, but it's very contextual. And I'm not going to be able to tell you about my childhood in Swedish. Because yeah, yeah. I've never, I've never been in that But it's fine. I mean, you can either. read stuff and yeah. I, you know, I can talk to people. I can read stuff. I can, uh, I can work in Swedish. I told you that I, that I made this, this Spotify interview and the guy... <laughs> The guy. <laughs> Is this where you dropped the Japanese? Yeah. Yo, you're then I was like, no, I can something. speak Japanese. Actually, I told to the first interviewer in, in the algorithm and he was like, fine. And then I was like, fine, <laughs> was it? Like nobody asked me to like show my skills. And then in the last interview, for some reason, like the guy was like, oh, I love Japan. I was like, yo, I can speak very basic Japanese. <laughs> and he was like, speak it. And I was like, I felt this guy. And then he was like uh, <laughs> speaking really high level Japanese. And yeah. the thing is, the guy lived in Japan for 12 years. He's married with a Japanese woman. Yeah, come on. Yeah, and I was like, yo, I lost, I lost the job. I'm That's not going to make Spotify. <laughs> imagine, imagine they're like, yeah, this guy is really good at programming and systems <laughs> design, but his Japanese is pretty trash, so we're not going to hire him. Yeah, but I, I thought that he would like, oh, he lied. Yeah. He said it to us. They know Japanese. He went off on you, bro. He went, he went like level five thousand <laughs> with his Japanese. He didn't need to do all that. He could have kept that basic. Yeah, I could, I could just be okay, right? I know. Yeah, you're solid. Still. Exactly. I was like, actually, when they gave me water, I was like, I wanted more. So you say, "Okawari kudasai," and then the guy was like, "Oh, so you speak Japanese?" I was like, <laughs> "I mean, I speak very basic <laughs> Japanese." And he was like, so speak it. Then I was like, dude, this maybe is my chance. Maybe it's the time that I can prove myself. This is the moment we've all been waiting for. Exactly. Wild, man. But it was the moment that I, that I got shame. <laughs> well, come on. Like if we're, cause you know, both you and I, we speak a language that is, can be drastically different in region. I speak English. Some would argue pretty well. Yeah. I remember I went to England. I went to London. Yeah. For the first time. I swear to God, I thought I didn't speak English. I was like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> this guy told me to put my, he told me to put my luggage in the boot. And I was like, <laughs> in the where? Bro, I was tripping. I was like, I don't know what this guy's talking about. And it's like so many of these contexts I found myself in London where I was like, I don't know at all what they're talking about. Yeah. Like, I just totally missed that whole sentence. Yeah. Have you ever felt that way with Portuguese from, you know, Brazil versus maybe like Yeah, Portugal? yeah. The thing is like, I am for real. And in Rio, we do changes. We do change the 
X by the S. Oh, okay. And uh, actually the S by the X. And then is like we speak funny for other Brazilians, like the other states. They they are like oh uh, I don't know I don't want to portray myself, but they they think, <laughs> they think about crime when they see people from Rio. They're like they think that we are gangster right, when right, they right. go to other state. Right. Actually, one day I was like in the. I was in Santa Catarina okay. and then I was running the terminal and I was like using flip-flops, very classic people from Rio and they are like European descend, uh, descendants, yeah. like they are very like white, blonde people Sure. and I mean, I mean, I, I don't look like them most like and I was running and I was like with the flip-flops and yeah. the shorts uh, and this is I mean, could be common, but was not in that time because it was right, cold. Right. But I really didn't care because I was from Rio. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. I don't have any other clothes. <laughs> and then one guy, my friend, he screamed like, uh, he was like, this guy stole my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone stopped me like, yeah, of course. what the hell? And then I was speaking with the Rio accent. And then oh. one guy got really excited. He was like, you're not going to fool us with this karaoke accent. And then I was like, what the hell? And then my friend came and explained yeah, that was a like, joke. Oh, but it was, everyone stopped me. They were like, what are you doing? But the thing is, because <laughs> of that, <laughs> because of that, like, uh, we do have like a same, uh, a same, a similarity with Portugal. That's interesting. So when I go to Portugal, I understand better than Port they Portuguese, yep. than people from, from other like, states. Yeah. yeah. But in the same way, they do still speak funny to me. So I have a question for you because does that mean so? Okay, so Rio versus Sao Paulo, you speak very different. Yeah. But does it mean that like the Rio accent is more posh? Uh, you mean like uh, it's not? Yeah. I uh, this is not fair with people from Sao Paulo, but I'm gonna say that I feel that they accent is you think more, more posh. Because I'm just wondering because you sound you are more like the Portuguese from Portugal. Yeah. So I'm just wondering because you know in English. Ah, I don't know. I don't know if Brazilians feels like that. They don't feel that way about it. Maybe because I grew curious, up in yeah. Rio. I, I mean, it's funny because if you grew up like in the in the city that everyone looks in the TV and yeah. stuff. When I visited the other states, they were like making fun. Ah, oh, it's because you're from Rio, <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> If you don't see it, then it's probably yeah. You. That is probably me. But São Paulo, <laughs> actually, São Paulo, Rio. I think that we are both yeah. both like uh, since you are the most like uh, massive city. Yeah, exactly. I on. think that if you go for other states, they are like it's because you're from São Paulo. It's because Man. you're from Rio, and they're descendant. Yo, like, people, yo, people think we got big cities in North yeah. America. Like people think we got like yo in, in Canada, Canada or yeah. even even the U.S. Like yeah, how many people we got in Rio? Dude, I think it's. 12 million something um, like that maybe maybe less but yeah that's, Sao Paulo I think it's 12 or something that's huge yeah I think I know. like the only city bigger than that in North America if I'm not tripping is probably Mexico City yeah because aside from Mexico City like New York is big but New York I think caps a 10 yeah I know man and the thing is if you grew up like that, it's crazy when you move to Sweden and you see like three cars passing by in the night. Oh, yeah. yeah. For me, it's like, what the hell is happening here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, it's <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, uh, dude, what actually uh, I wanted to talk about one thing that <laughs> I always tell this story to my friends the day that we were in the queue for a party, uh, the bar that we went. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then we met this famous singer. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I forgot her name, Didi or something. Didi, yeah. She was great. She 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 was like nice, <laughs> nice. She was kind, kind. But she's, she's yeah. Cool. yeah. But she was like the thing is like gonna portray this story was me and Abinizer in the in the queue, and we were like for what one hour. We were there for a hot minute. It was like Dude. an hour, yeah. And then I was like. <laughs> And we were seeing a lot of people just entering. Like they didn't even talk with the security. They were just entering. Yeah. And then Abinizia and I we were looking, and then this girl this woman was not a girl, it was like woman already. Uh she was she looked at you as like, oh, and we started to talk with her. She was like, No, I played with Michael Jackson. Yo, and started like dropping he... some heavy references. Yeah, <laughs> she started dropping them. <laughs> yeah. And then she was like, you know what? I'm gonna get you guys inside. Oh my god. And then we were like, I thought that maybe she could. And was one of the most. Yeah. I never been so underwhelmed (laughs) in my life, man. That was tough. Um, And she returned like, oh, the guy's nice, but he told us, they told me that. She was like, I know the owner of this place. Yeah, exactly. She's like, I'm famous. I know the owner of Spotify. And I was like, yeah, she's like, yeah. She's like, I know one of the owners. I was like, exactly. Dude, that night was. That was just fun. (laughs) It was fun though. I mean. It was fun. It was fun. That's, that's Sturplan. (laughs) If, if, you know, if you, if you come to Stockholm and you go to a place called Sturplan, expect to be disrespected <laughs> by the guards, by the by the line outside. Yeah. Like people don't. There's no sense of. Yeah. It's yeah. People just gave up in the queue. Where people behind us that just like. Man, fuck it. that stuff is just. You know what? That's why I stay where I stay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't go out there. It's not for me. I'm a local dude. Yeah, local dude. I keep it local. Yeah. You know, keep it cozy. Dude, first of all. Very happy that we talked today. Yes. Thank you for being here. Thank you. And well, I hope that like, uh, well, if you folks have any questions, I'm going to drop a Benizer Twitter or what do you prefer? That's where I'm at. That's where and I'm at. yeah, yep. there is it. Then also NBA questions you can. <laughs> every, every, you want to keep it spicy, you can fire the NBA questions <laughs> stay on it. Shouts out to RafaCast. This is fire, bro. I'm, uh, I'm really impressed with what you're doing. Keep at it, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Dude, thank you. I appreciate it. Well, thanks folks, that is it.